Okay. Okay. So we are going to look at today, we're going to look at Shema and the Berachot of Shema. Good. How are you doing? Um, last week we did a, we finished off Pesukei de Zimra. Last week we finished off Pesukei de Zimra. And we finished off the concept that the purpose of Pesukei de Zimra was to put us in the right mindset for, for prayer. Um, we said that it was to get us into the, the right head, right? Mitoch kovid rosh v'simcha shal mitzvah. And for the happiness of the mitzvah, we showed how um, the different themes in Pesukei de Zimra achieved that. Then we finished off Pesukei de Zimra with Yishtabach. We had a little bit of a break. Um, so even though there is a break... It's not a significant break in terms of that we're allowed to talk and we're allowed to kind of just go about, you know, our things. Um, but we are allowed to communicate dvarim that are connected to a mitzvah. So let's say, you know, in shul, something needs to be taken care of or, or at home even. That can be communicated in between Yishtabach and the brachot of Kriyachma. Otherwise, it's still one long unit until the end of the Amidah and one should minimize pausing um, in between. Okay, so now let's get into the brachot of Kriyat Shema and Shema itself. So in Halakha, there's, there are, there's a machloket in bet- uh, regarding what the purpose of the brachot of Kriyat Shema are. Are they birkot ha-mitzvah? Right? Is, is Kriyat Shema mitzvah? So therefore we have brachot before it because it's a birkat ha-mitzvah. Or are there birkot shevach? And the commentaries go back and forth. And the conclusion of that is that they are in fact birkot shevach, not a bracha on the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema. We could have probably spent an hour just going through that, but we're going to you know, get to the actual text of the brachot and the, and the purpose and the content. So if you want to follow along... The brachot start on page 52 in the Sidur. And then we have Shema on page 55. And we're going to flip back and forth between Shema and the brachot. So the three brachot that we have, right? We have Yotzer Oru Choshech. Then we have um, Havat Olam. Okay, those are the two. And then we have Emet Ve'yatsiv, which is after. Okay, this is mirrored in, the, in source number one. Right, the Gemara, Beshachar Mevarech Shtay Lefaneha Veechat Achareha. Right, in the morning we have two brachot right before Shema and one beracha after Shema. So now that we establish that these brachot are Birkot Shevach, so what is their purpose? Right, what are they doing here? What, what function do they serve? And the answer is really that they serve, they're very similar to Pesuke de Zimra in that they expand on themes that are present in Shema and complement those themes. So we're going to see how it does that. But in order to do that, I want to first go into Shema and then we'll go backwards and see how the themes in the Brachot complement what is said in Shema. Before we go head first into Shema, I want to turn your attention to some of the halachot surrounding Shema, which are really very, very unique. Granted, they're not the same halachot that apply when we're saying the Amidah, but you'll notice that these halachot are, are very, very unique. And I think what the halacha is trying to do is trying to highlight the importance of Shema in our prayer and the importance of saying Shema b'chavana, and, and you'll see what I mean. So if you look at source number two, 
there are a bunch of halachot that um, pertain to Shema, right? So, it, so the first one, I'm in Siman Samech Seif Hey. There's the English. So, if you want to follow along in the English, that's that's fine too. Right? Hakore et Shema velo kiven libo bepasuk rishon shehu Shema Yisrael lo yatzayedei chovato. There's this concept that if somebody does not have kavanah for the first pasuk of Shema, he did not fulfill his obligation. Okay, the next one we have Yikra Kriat Shema Bechavana Beema Beira Beretet Vizea. Right, one should say Shema with with Kavana, with intention, with awe, with Beema Beira, with awe, with fear, with shaking Beretet Vizea, with fear, with trembling. We don't have this statement about anything else in our Tefillah, right? The, the Halakha is literally telling us what we're supposed to feel when we say this pasuk. Interesting. Um, the next one. Nohagim likrot pasuk rishon bekol ram We say it out loud so that we, to, you know, awaken our kavana. We want to draw an extra attention to it. The next one, Seif Hey, Nohagin liten yedehem al penehem bekriya pasuk rishon, kedeshe loista kel bedavar acher, shemon o milechaven. We put our hands over our eyes, right? That's another, we don't do that for anything else. We, you know, again, in, in Amidah, we have halachot, which also kind of reflect that we have to have an extra special, you know, kavanah, but, but Amidah is, is, is tefillah, right? That's the point of tefillah here, Shema. It's part of that, you know, it's part of the group of introductory things of prayer, but yet we have all of these halachot which kind of highlight Shema is different. Shema has a special status. So we cover our eyes in order to make sure that we're not distracted by anything around us um, in order to have kavanah. Excuse me, if you say yeah. Shema by yourself, yes. you still would say it out. Well, you, I guess you say everything out loud. Yeah, or, or, or not, like, just in, in, <clears throat> enough that you can hear yourself. So it doesn't have to be, you know, screaming out loud, but, yeah, loud enough that you can hear yourself. Um, right? We know that when we, ha- when we pray, we have to move our lips and actually say, yeah. even if we're not saying it out loud, we actually have to do the action of saying the words. Um... Good. Seif, seif vav. Right now we have, we even have halachot dictating the articulation of the words. We don't have this again with anything else. Tzarich leha'arich bachet shel echad, kedei sheyamlich hakadosh baruch hu bashamayim uva'aretz, right? Sim, symbolizing how God is king over the heavens and the earth. I'm skipping to the third line. Ve'ya'arich badaled. And we also have to lengthen the Dalid enough so that we think of how Hashem is the only one in his in the world. Right? And is and is um, rules over the four Ruchota Olam. Okay, we shouldn't lengthen it too much. There are those that have the custom to kind of tilt their heads up and down and left and right, kind of like in Lav, like we do up and down and left and right. Some have the custom to do that in Shema to show that Hashem rules over all. So very, again, very interesting. Uh, we still have more, right? Right, we want to emphasize the Dalit so it doesn't get swallowed and sound like a resh. We have to actually 
articulate the dalid as a dalid. Lo yachtof bechet velo yarich ba'alef. Right, one should not contract or rush the pronunciation of the chet or extend the alef. Right, so in a sense, it's like it has to be articulated correctly, but it can't be prolonged too much so that it's distorted. Right, it's very, very, very exact. How is supposed to say this first pasuk? Lots of halachot that just focus around like these first few words. So like, what's going on here? Why is that? Um, why is the Shema really demanding us to be so, so exact? Um, what's, you know, what function does Shema serve? So now let's look at Shema and then we will, we'll see. We'll, we'll see why this is important. Um, the purpose, right? The purpose of Shema, as we all know, is... What's the purpose? What do we achieve in Shema? Unity of Hashem's name. Unity of Hashem's name, yes. Kabbalat ol machut shamayim. We're going to get to Kabbalat ol mitzvot. Right, the first, the first paragraph, the first pasuk of Shema achieves Kabbalat ol machut shamayim. We accept the yoke of heaven. Um, we have that... We have that on source number five, right? Amar Rabbi Yehoshua ben Korcha, Lama Kadma Parshat Shema Levehayaim Shamoa, Kedeshi Yekabel Alav Ol Machut Shamaim, and we'll get to the reason of Vehayaim Shamoa later, right? But this concept of Kabbalat Ol Machut Shamaim, accepting the yoke of heaven, accepting God's oneness and unity and rule over us. Um, right before we get into the actual text, there's one more thing that I wanted to point out, something that the Gemara says, um, Sumchus Omer, one of the rabbis in the Gemara, Kol Now, this is interesting, right? Somebody who pro- prolongs the echad and articulates it well, he's going to have a long life, right? Likewise. So we saw, we've seen statements like this before, like somebody who says, Ashrei three times a day, Muftach lo shehu ben olam haba, right? But these statements, right, we have, to, we have to think twice about them. So what is, if I say the echad, so that means I'm going to have a long life, right? What is this, like a magical potion? Well, ha, how does this work? So Rav Kook, in his commentary on the Sidur, Rav Kook was a uh, 20th century rabbi. Um, he was known really as the founding father of religious Zionism. He was the chief rabbi of Israel, but before it was Israel, when it was Palestine, because it was the early, you know, 1900s. Um, founded Yeshivat Merkaz Harav, very, very influential, um, you know, Dati Leumi Zionist rabbi. His works are studied a lot in Israel and here too, just I guess depending on really who. Um, he left us with a lot of works on Jewish thought, on halacha, and a commentary on the Sidur. So in his commentary on the Sidur, he says like this. I'm in source number four, if you want to follow along. I'm, I'm just going to read the underlined. Arichut hachayim so long life, right? Somebody who has a purpose to their life or a meaning to their life, they'll live longer and they'll want to live longer, right? And I think this is, this is backed in like sociological studies, right? People who have meaning to life, people who lead happy lives, they say that these people actually live longer, Right? People who, live, who have happy marriages, they say, live longer. Right? People who have meaning to their lives, that positivity and that, that purpose, it actually leads them to live longer lives. So this is what Ruf Cook is saying, right? We have, it's not just about the, 
the, the pronunciation of, of the exact word, but it's what that pronunciation symbolizes. It's the meaning, it's accepting Hashem's Oma Chuchamayim, it's accepting Hashem's rule over us, and that gives us meaning, and, and that purpose leads us to having a long life. And then he says, which is what we don't have for somebody who doesn't necessarily have this, right? The kol rig echayav hembodedim, and all of his moments in his life are, are you know, isolated and lonely, and they just lack meaning, right? The kol mashebarahu letachlit niskeva meyuchada, and everything that Hashem created in this world, we know, is for the purpose of serving Him and for giving us meaning. Um, so that's Rav Cook's insight on, you know, this line in the Gemara, of of somebody who you know prolongs the echad, he'll he'll have an extended life. Very 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 interesting. Okay, now we're ready to get into the actual Shema, right? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. We say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Um, like Johanna said, accepting God's unity, God's oneness, acknowledging that Hashem is our God, right? Our Elokeinu. If you look on page two, I'm going to be in source number six. So I brought some commentary of Rashi on different uh, phrases in Shema. There are many. I picked Rashi because he fits with kind of what we're, you know, what we want to accomplish today. And I think a lot of his commentary um, really reflects this Kabbalat Olma Chuchamayim. But like I said, there are many. Um, Of course, if anybody wants to share something that they heard or something that they know, you know, jump right in. Um, good. So we, we talked about Shema being, the, the function of Shema being Kabbalat Olma Chuchamayim. Rashi tells us Hashem Elkenu Hashem Echad, Hashem Shehu Elokeinu, Hashem that's our God, right? Atah velo Elokei Haumot, and not the God of the other nations, who atid liyot Hashem Echad. So not only are we making this declarative statement of right now, Hashem is our God, but also in the future, it's going to be known that our God is the only one, and he's ruler over the whole world, right? We make this this declarative statement that we have to say with kavana and very, very articulate and with accuracy of God's rule, of God's unity, and the fact that he is our God. Okay, and this is what we have to have the utmost kavana for this first pasuk of Shema. Now we get into Ve'ahavta et Hashem Elokecha. Okay? Ve'ahavta et Hashem Elokecha bechol levavcha uvechol nafshecha uvechol meodecha. So many rabbis learn from Ve'ahavta et Hashem Elokecha is a mitzvah to, that we have a mitzvah to love God. Right? Ve'ahavta, you have a mitzvah to love God. Ve'ahavta, Rashi tells us, I'm in source number six, the second Rashi. Right? Do his do his commands with love. Because somebody that does something out of love is not the same as somebody who does something out of fear. Right? Somebody who does something for his master out of fear. When it becomes too hard, he leaves it. He's not interested, right? You do right, what we call labor of love, right? If you think of things that we do every day in our homes, in our, you know, maybe even in our jobs, things that we do every day, right? When it's a labor of love, sometimes it's hard, but you want to do it because you see the purpose to it and because you love it. But when it's out of fear, 
you know, it gets too hard, it gets annoying, you just leave it, right? So this is Vehaftai Tashem Elokecha. We're supposed to do everything for Hashem, um, not out of fear, because not out of fear of punishment, because out of sincere love for Hashem. Okay, right? with all of your means. The third Rashi, Adam Right? Some there are people that their possessions and their money are more treasured than their actual bodies. So that's what for these people is the statement right? You have to love God with everything, with everything that you have, with your body and with all of your possessions. Another explanation. With every midah that you are given, whether it's a good midah, whether Hashem gives you something good, or whether Hashem gives you something poranut, right? Not so good. Punishment. Um, measure, measure of retribution, right? Where we have... The Gemara tells us in the next source, You know, the people that like, people guilty as charged. But like sometimes we tend to say, thank God. When like things are going well, we tend to say like, thank God, thank God, right? And then when things are not going so well, like we're not, we're not thanking God anymore, right? Right, so you say kapara. So, so that works too, because at least you're acknowledging like, okay, God is doing something for me, you know? So... Good, <laughs> but sometimes it's it's like ah, eh, eh, God's not there, right? Only when it's good, it's thank God. But says the Gemara, no, you have to you have to recognize really that everything is from God. So that's the whole meodecha, right? You have to love God even through the hard times, even through the bad times. Um, whatever midah, whatever hand that you're dealt with at whatever point in life, that's the command of bechol meodecha. Now, yeah. yeah. Oh. I had a different thought, like before you explained it in that way. Tell me. And I was thinking, like maybe even in your own personal character traits, like let's say someone has like a more like is like innately more violent, like becoming a shochet is a way to like channel that in a way to serve Hashem. Perfect. You know. Yes. That's how I... Perfect. 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 Right. Perfect. Any of those, any of these character traits, any of your midot, which sometimes we think are negative, just like Jen said, right? Somebody who's violent, somebody, even even things like jealousy, things that we associate as, you know, strictly negative character traits. But like, maybe we can channel that into something good, right? Maybe, um, maybe we're jealous over somebody's, you know, knowledge and it, it inspires us to learn more and do more, right? Uh, maybe, you know... Any anything, I think, really, even even desire, right? We say that we we um, we say that the yeter hara, right? Like the the desire to have relations, right? But like that's how we have children in the world. So all of these, you know, sometimes bad things, we could always channel them into something good and something to get something done for Hashem. So yes, that's 100% totally true and totally fits into this. You're totally right. Um, I want to look at this. I want to just talk for a minute, a minute about like, right? Once you love Hashem, you internalize it, right? You have to internalize it for yourself, um, with everything that you have. Oh, wait, actually, no, we're going we're gonna to go through uh, one more pasuk. 
Vehayu hadvarim ha'ele. Now there's a lot of debate as to what hadvarim ha'ele mean. Right? Vehayu hadvarim ha'ele asher anochi mitzavcha hayom alevavecha. Right? There's these, these words. So what's hadvarim ha'ele? Is hadvarim ha'ele shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad? Is hadvarim ha'ele the passages of the Shema? Is hadvarim ha'ele the whole Torah? Right? The mitzvah is hadvarim ha'ele. Um, some commentaries interpreted as dvarim, like literally, like aseret hadvarim, right? The aseret hadibrot, right? So what exactly does hadvarim ha'ele mean per se? Matter of debate. Commentaries talk about it. But I think at the end of the day, right, the conclusion is, is that some part of Torah, if not all of it, right? We need to internalize them and keep them close to our hearts, right? So whatever, however you interpret it, right, it's going to manifest itself in keeping Torah close, whether it's this I'm keeping Shema close and I'm, I'm accepting God's kingship over me, or you want to read it more expansively and, and include all of the Torah, right? I think we pretty much accomplish the same goal, right? I just have a question. Yeah. Is it, um, are they from the same source where they got Shema and Hayu with the Bahrain? They're yes. Not, right? It's They're different sources. It's the same, it's the same. In the Torah. Yeah, it's yeah. the same, it's from the same Perek. Yeah. Oh, it? It's from Devarim Perek Vav. So Vahafta and Vahayu are the same. Oh, oh, Vahayim Shamoa, you're saying? Vahayim yeah, yeah, Shamoa is a little bit later in Devarim. Okay. It's like Perek Yudalif, I think. Right? And then the other one is in Bemidbar. It's not connected to Shema at all. Ah, interesting. So you're saying because it's from two separate places? Okay, so when we go into Vehayaim Shamoa, I want you to answer that. Okay? Tell me tell me if you think if you still think it's not so connected or tell me if you think it is connected. I'm just saying that I'm just wondering where the sources are. So one is Perik they're both the first two Devarim, one is Perik Vav, one Yeralif, and, and then the last paragraph is, is in Bimidbar. But okay. good. I want you to, I think it's even more interesting the fact that they're not right right after each other in, in Torah and then we put them together here, right? right? Um, and we put them together in other places too. Yeah. <clears throat> in in right in the Mezuzah and Tefillin, right? Um, good. Okay, and then we have Veshinantam Levanecha, Vedibar Tabam, Veshivtecha, Bevetecha, Uvlechtecha, Vaderech, Uvshochpecha, Uvkumecha. Okay, Veshinantam Levanecha. Oh, we didn't read the Rashi on Vehayu Hadvarim Haele, right? Umahu Haahava. What is, what is this love of Ahavat Hashem? Vehayu Hadvarim Haele, Shemitochkach, Atamekir Kadosh Baruchu, Umedabek Midvarav. Right, so these Devarim that we're saying, however we interpreted Hadvarim Haele, are going to lead us to Ahavat Hashem. So it's almost like Vatat Hashem Elokecha, Mitzvah Daseh, right? Torah's telling me how I'm supposed to feel. I'm supposed, I have to love Hashem, right? Rambam counts it in his Sefer HaMitzvot as a Mitzvah Daseh. I think it's like positive commandment number two, maybe. It's like in the beginning. Um, how, so how does that, how do I do that? Torah tells me, you had Dvarim Ha'ele, right? Keep these Dvarim close to your heart. And that's how you're going to achieve Ahavat Hashem and want to to be close to Hashem. Um, okay, now we're ready to look back. I want to look back a minute 
at the first bracha of Kriyachma, of the Yotzer Or. And I want to connect this, and then we'll move on. In, in, in the, we're still in the first paragraph. There's other things I want to talk about there. But I want to look back for a second. We talked about declaring God's unity, right? Declaring God's um, uh, oneness and, and kingship over all of us. If we look back, Yotzer Or Ubore Choshech, I'm on page 52. So what are the themes that you see here in this first bracha? Creation. Creation. What else? Separation of light and dark. Separation of light and dark, right? What else? Ah, right. Ose shalom. Ose shalom. So it, this is a pasuk from Yeshayahu that they imposed into the tefillah. So that's why that's there. Um, inter- it, it is interesting, right? It seems to kind of not fit so well, right? Because we're talking about Yotzer Or Borei No, but it makes sense. Like, it's bringing light and dark. So Shalom is lightness and and then kol and there's and there's a there's a they talk about it in the Gemara boret hakol like I think the actual pasuk in Yeshayahu if I'm not mistaken doesn't say kol I think has some connotation of evil and then they change it. I think the Oseh shalom is is not specifically peace but like a balance. So like hmm. dark like there's a balance of everything and that's good that's that's shalom. I love that. That's per- That's totally on point. And that fits very nicely with, right, that God creator of the world. So it, it wasn't just like, okay, God made something. God made things that are opposing, that live in harmony. And not just, do, do, not just aren't they, not just are they in harmony, but these, these opposing forces are even necessary for the continuity of the world, right? We need light and dark. The, the world wouldn't function with only light or only dark. We need that cycle of light and dark, of, of renewal and, you know, not renewal or whatever. We need these, these opposing forces. But, so we have, we have, we, we have Briata Olam. We have God's wonders. We have uh, God is, um, Eloke Olam. He's ruler over the world, right? Uh, he's the Adon, he's the master of the world. If you look at source number eight, source number eight is the Rambam's formula for coming to Ahavat Hashem. I'm sure many, you're all familiar with this. But what's interesting is that, right, we, we said in Shema, right, how do we come to love God? We come to Right, right? We, we keep the words of Torah close to our hearts and that's how we'll come to love God. Says the Rambam, right? How are we going to love God? Right? How do we love God? We have to look at the world. We have to look at the world. We have to look at nature. We have to look at all the things that God created and that's how we achieve Ahavat Hashem. So Ahavat Hashem is achieved, yes, through Torah and through mitzvot. But here, the Rambam, I think this ties us all together so nicely of how we also reach Ahavat Hashem, right, by recognizing that Hashem is Yotzer Or Uborek Choshech. All of these things that Hashem created, the way that Hashem created the world, and we say that in this first bracha of Shema, that also achieves Ahavat Hashem. Right? So that complements very nicely 
the first paragraph of Shema. When we're accepting Ol Machut we're accepting God's kingship over us, we're recognizing he created the world, we recognize his unity, we recognize he's one, and that will lead us to also Ahavat Hashem. And it will also keep, lead us to keeping of the Torah, which we'll also talk about in the next paragraph, right? But all these things are, are connected. Right? Do we see that? Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like according to the first um, way of thinking about it, it's like accept and follow Torah and then the Ahava will come. Whereas here, it's like look at the world, then you'll have the Ahava, which will allow you to follow the mitzvah. Yes, yes. Def- it's a definitely like it's like a circle and yes. you can make the arrows go either way yes. but it works either way right, right. and I think it's dependent upon a person's approach and how a person you know a person's mind thinks and it's all about you know personalizing your avodat Hashem people come to it in different ways um, but yeah 100% it's you know you and, and that's why it's so it's it, these things are so complementary, right? We said that the brachot of Shema parallel the Shema, and we see this. I think the words of the Rambam, you know, tie this all together really, really, very, very, very nicely. Um, good, right? And they're not these things are not mutually exclusive, as Jen said. Okay, so now once we have we reached the Havat Hashem. Right, we internalized everything. Now we get to Vishinantam Levanecha Vedibar Tabam. Right, we have the obligation to teach the next generation, our Banim, Vedibar Tabam, Beshivtecha, Bevetecha, Vlechecha Vaderech, Ufshochpecha, Ufkumecha. So Rashi on Vishinantam, I'm on source number nine. Lashon Chidurhu. It's, a, it's an expression of sharpness. They should be sharp in your mouth. You don't, if somebody asks you something about God, about Torah, about Ahavar Hashem, right? You don't have to stutter. So these things should come to you easy, easily and fluently, right? Shinantam also has this connotation of shinun, which like, you know, sometimes the kids come home with like shinun homework where they have to like read it a couple of times, right? It, this this, con- this um, connotation of repetition, right? Something that we repeat so that we'll be fluent in it, right? V'shinantam levanecha. We, we, we want to not just teach it to our kids, but we want to repeat it to them and we want to be fluent in it so they could be fluent in it, right? It's a whole nother level. It's not just like, okay, we teach it to them and then we move on. It's, we, we really teach them to internalize it, and we can't do that unless, unless, um, unless, right? We can't do that if we don't internalize it ourselves. First, we have to internalize it ourselves. First, we have, the, have to have the love of God ourselves, and only then will we be capable of the vishinantam levanecha. The in in the Beit Midrash in Allegra where there, we have a book club, and the book they're reading now is a letter in the scroll. If anybody ever read it, it's fantastic. If not, Rabbi Sachs by Rabbi Sachs. A letter in the scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great book, and in the beginning of the book, he talks about um, he talks about how you can't pass something down unless you love it. If you don't love it. 
it's you, you're not gonna tra- it's not gonna transmit, especially kids, right? And this is true for if you're a parent, you know, right? Your kids pick up on the things that are important to you. But I think it's true if you're a teacher, if you're an aunt, right? Every kid knows what the adults in their life what's important to them, right? And even in the classroom. The, the teachers that were passionate and loved what they were teaching, it told, right, we could all remember those teachers from when we were little, right? You, you're so much more inclined to love the subject, to remember the subject, if you have a teacher that's passionate and shows that they love their subject. Um, it, it just has such a different effect. And this is what he says. He says that you can't pass something down if you don't love it. And how do we you know, we show that we love it and we want to be fluent in it. How do we kind of keep that up is we have to kind of find new ways to to make it relatable and, and keep growing, right? Our knowledge that we had in elementary school is not going to be enough for us as adults, right? We have to keep learning and the way that we keep learning and the way that we keep showing our dedication is the way that our the next generation is going to see that and that's going to enable us to transmit it to the next generation and that's going to enable them to pick up on it and say, hey, you know, this is something important. In Judaism, we have this impetus to, you know, transmit to the next generation, obviously for practical reasons. It's, it's what keeps us going. But it's also what, what infuses such, such passion and drive into what we do every day. Um, because it's because we want to show the kids that and we want to set the example. And when there is that passion and that drive, they, they, they pick up on it. Kids, kids, students, nieces, whoever you want. They, they pick up on it. Okay, right? So that's Vishinantam Levanecha, right? And how, right? Always, right? We, we, the, the rabbis take this pasuk, they use it um, to determine halachically the times of Kriyachman, when we have to say it. We have to say it in the morning and at night, right? There's a whole machloket in the Gemara. Does it mean literally, what you're going to sleep on the minute you wake up? Or does it just mean when people go to sleep and when people wake up, right? So they use this this pasuk halachically, but I think it also is a very nice continuation of a shinantam levanecha. You 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 should always be repeating it, right? When you go out, you show them Torah is everywhere. You show them this is something that's not just for when you're in school nine to four or when we're in shul from eight to nine, right? You show them that it's always. Right, when you get up and when you go to sleep, and and when you go out, right, it's it's all encompassing. And then we have the mitzvot of tefillin and mezuzah, ukshartam leot al yadecha vehayu letotafot benenecha. Talking about tefillin, right? We have to keep these mitzvot. We ha- we use them as a sign in our tef- in our tefillin. Uchtaftam al mezuzot betecha visharecha, and we put it on our mezuzot of our household. I think this could also be read expansively, right? Meaning we're going to internalize it. It's, we're going to have it as a sign, you know, again, for it's more specific to those who have to wear tefillin, but it can be a sign in general too, you know? And, and the fact that it's the fact that we put it on our mezuzah, the fact that it's in the entrance, in all the entrances to our house, right? That's very, very symbolic for, for what this is for us and, and who we are and, and what we stand for and that this is something that we value and this is something that is val- this is reflected in our homes, in the walls of our homes. Okay. Um, that brings us to the next paragraph in the Shema, the Vehaya Im Shamoah.
Okay, so so far in the first paragraph, we saw Ol Malchut um, you know, being ha- accepting God's God's yoke, right? It, 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 it's presented almost in a very idyllic sort of way, right? We're gonna love God, we're gonna internalize everything, right? And then we have the next paragraph, a few prakim later in in Sefer Devarim, and a lot of the themes are the same. We're going to even see a lot of the same language, but the way it's presented is a little bit different, okay? So, the next, as we saw in the Gemara on source number, source number five, okay? So, what's the, what's the function of this second paragraph of Vehayayim Shamoa? That's Kabbalat o Mitzvot, Right, we're shifting from Kabbalat ol Machut Shamayim, accepting the yoke of heaven, to Kabbalat ol Mitzvot. We're accepting the burden of Mitzvot, and we're going to see how that works. Okay, so ve'hayam shamot shmeu el mitzvotai. Listen to all my mitzvot. Asher anochi mitzavetchem hayom le'ahava to love God. Right here, so we have the love, we have the listening, but here it's flipped. Right here, it's we're going to listen and then we're going to love God. Right before. It was ve'avtat Hashem elokecha, right? And then, and, and you got to do the mitzvot too. So interesting, right? Which, which one of these is before, right? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Again, like Jen said, it's, you know, it's person dependent. Um, okay? U'lovdo b'chol v'achem v'chol nafshechem. We've seen that before, right? We've seen it before in, in the first one, right? In the first one, though, it was... It was it was lashon yachid, right? It was it was individual, and we talked about this individual versus community, right? I have to accept it upon myself as an individual before it's kind of, you know, over the community. But still, same theme, right? And what's going to happen if you keep all my mitzvot? V'natatim etar atzechem beito, your your crops will be successful. The rain will come on time, right? V'asafta deganecha, you're going to gather your your harvest. And I'm going to give you the, 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 the fields are going to be full of grass, right? For your, for your animals, right? And then, watch out. If your heart, watch out that your heart doesn't turn away. And you turn, right? And then you're going to bow down to them, right? And Hashem's going to get angry. Hashem's going to get angry. And then the, the skies are going to close and there's going to be no, no rain. And the land will not yield a successful crop and a successful harvest. You'll be lost quickly from the land that Hashem gave you, right? So we have this concept here of doing the mitzvah, but we have the concept of sachar va'onish, right? Of, of reward and punishment. And even though ideally we want to say that we're going to love God and, and, you know, do everything out of perfect love, right? Practically, we're people, right? And the concept of sachar va'onish means something to us. It, it does at the end of the day. So even though we, we're, we're being, we accept the, the yoke, the burden of mitzvot upon us, right? We, we recognize, it's right? Hashem's going to reward us if when we do good, and Hashem's not going to reward us when, when we don't do good, right? That's, that's, that's the difference, okay? And then we have, again, we have the same, same themes, right? Put my words on your hearts. 
we have the mention of of tefillin. Velimadetem otam et benechem ledaberbam again b'shiptecha b'vetecha uvlechtecha v'aderech uvshochpecha uvkumecha. Right here again, we're transmitting this to the next generation. Uchtavtam al mezuzot betecha uvisharecha, and you write this on your mezuzot lemaan yirbu yemechem vime benechem al hadama in order so that you should have right many days, a long life, and the 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 ones of your children and your grandchildren, right? You'll live long on the land that Hashem has given you. So what do you think, even though it's not connected in, in, in the Torah? No, it's connected, Right? But like, do you see how connected? Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's wild to think that they're separated in, in, in the Torah because the, the, the themes are so parallel, the language is so parallel, we literally have a repetition of some pesukim, right? Mm-hmm. Um, good. So we talked about Kabbalat ol and we talked about how here we have Kabbalat ol mitzvot. So now, let's look back at the second bracha, okay, which is Ahavat Olam. Right, the first one was Yotzer Or, and we closed it off with Yotzer HaMeorot. We talked about how it's talking really about God's rule and Briyat HaOlam. Now we have Ahavat Olam Ahavtanu Hashem Elokeinu. Right, Hashem, you love us. Chemla Gedola. Um, an extra sort of love, right? Avinu malkenu ba'avur shimcha, right? For your name, ba'avur avotenu, shebatchubach that 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 trusted in you, v'tilamdemu kechayim la'asor tochad la'av shalem ken techonenu. And then we ask Hashem, ten belibenu bina lehavin lehaskil lishmoa lelamed lilmodu lelamed lishmoa velaasotu lekayemet kol divret amutor techa be'avah. We literally ask Hashem to help us keep the Torah. Okay, we literally pray that Hashem gives us the ability to be wise enough, to be smart enough, to listen, to keep, to hear, to do. Right? Light up our eyes with your Torah. And, and have our hearts cleave to your mitzvot. Right? So that we... We, we love you and so that we fear you. In order so that we don't fail. Right? This is the direct parallel to Kabbalat Ol Mitzvot in the second paragraph of Shema. Right? Where literally Hashem is telling us, you keep the mitzvot, you, you'll have good things and you transmit it to the next generation and it's going to cause you to love God. So we literally ask Hashem in this bracha, Nahavat Olam, Hashem thanks for loving us and giving us the Torah. Please help us follow through. Please help us do it. Help us be, be able to, 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 to follow through on that Kabbalah, right? We accept the burden of mitzvot. Help us actually do them. Give us the abilities that we need to actually do the mitzvot. All right, that's what we ask for in Ahavat Olam, right? So it's very, seems very appropriate, the bracha that comes before. And then we have Ahavat Olam directly paralleling the themes of the first two paragraphs of Shema. And then we close off, Habocher ba'amo Yisrael be'ahava, right? After we pray, we ask for Hashem, all those things, right? We, we, we sign the beracha off with, you know, thank you Hashem for choosing us with love, right? We have this theme of Hashem loves us, so that's why he chose us. And then we're also obligated to love God, right? It's, it's a relationship. That's the second one. Then we have the last paragraph of Shema. Okay, um, and your last source on your on the source sheet, source number ten on the last page. So, 
we're going to see some of the same themes, but we have some extra additions in the third in the third paragraph. And says the Gemara, Parashat Tzitzit, Mipnei Makva Kavuha. Why was this paragraph of Tzitzit, right? We mentioned Tzitzit here in the third paragraph. Why? What does that have to do with anything? With Shema. Marabi Yehuda Bar Chaviva, Mipnei Sheyesh Bachamisha Dvarim. I wonder if that's a mistake because it's really six. Um, it doesn't matter. Okay, because we have these things, mitzvah tzitzit, yitziat mitzrayim, ol mitzvot, dat haminim, hirhur avera, vehirhur avodazara. Because it mentions these six things, and these six things are necessary, they're a necessary completion to kabbalat ol machut and you'll see what I mean. Okay, so we have, right, daber al b'nei Israel v'amarta lehem v'asu lahem tzitzit, al kanfeg dem l'doratam v'natenu al tzitzit, hakana p'til t'chelet. What's the purpose of tzitzit? It tells us right here, v'hayalachem l'tzitzit, u'ritem oto, u'zchartem et kol mitzvot Hashem. So what's the purpose of tzitzit? Right, it's a reminder to do the mitzvot, right? So we're literally like continuing the thought process. We have mitzvot, we have to love God, and through the mitzvot we're going to love God, and then we accept the mitzvot upon ourselves to, to love God, and then practically we need to know that we are going to be rewarded or not rewarded potentially by either doing or not doing the mitzvot, and then we're going to have a, something to remind us to do the mitzvot, right? This yeah, so like helps us to do the mitzvot, like you were saying before. Right, right, exactly, right? Hashem, good, right? We follow through on that. Hashem, we ask Hashem to help us, but then we also make ourselves like a visual, a little, we have a visual, Right? We need a visual. We like, like, it's the post-it or like the red string around your finger. Well, the blue string, literally. Right? Um, the Gemara talks about tchelet and says that, right, the, what's the purpose of the tchelet, the blue, right? Even though a lot of us, a lot of the men today are not nohag to put tchelet on their tzitzit. Some still are, right? And it's because it's similar to the water, which is reminiscent of, of the sea and the sky, which are both made of water. And that helps a person think of kiseh hakavod. It helps a person think of God. So that's how it triggers this, you know, kind of like reminder to, to do the mitzvot, okay? So we have this reminder to do the mitzvot and not just to do the mitzvot, but, this word taturu, right? It's used also in the, in the miraglim, right? Um, right, latur, right, right, this, this, this concept of like spying to kind of see what's out there, right? If we don't, if we're not committed to Torah and mitzvot, sometimes there might be this kind of inclination to, see what's out there, right? To look for meaning in other places. But what ends up happening when we do that? What happens when we do that? Uh, right? We end, up, we end up straying. We end up falling off the path and then worshiping, let's say, Avodah Zarah. And that Avodah Zarah might not be literal Avodah Zarah, but like think of the things today that we, you know, look, that people, not we, because, you know, we, we're good, we try, <laughs> right? But like think of the things today that people look to to find meaning, right? And then they end up becoming slaves to that thing, right? Fill in the blank. I, call, I, don't, I call it the cell phone. <laughs> 
I didn't want to say, because I don't want to sound preachy, but, right? Like, things that we, or, or we, any, you know, anything that we, that we think is going to be meaningful, and we're always searching for, like, this new thing, and, like, maybe that's going to fulfill us and make us happy, and then we end up becoming a slave to it, when really we should be looking to sanctify ourselves, right? Sanctify our lives through Torah and Mitzvot, and that's how we're going to find meaning, and that's how we're going to, you know, feel that, that whatever's missing, that's going to fill that void. Not, you know, all of these things that, right? Velotatur, we shouldn't look for those things, for the other things. And then we're going to stray, right? So you remember and you do mitzvot. Then we have a mention of Yetzi'at Mitzrayim. So where does Yitziat Mitzrayim come in here, right? It seems that maybe this is, you know, a little bit out of left field, right? But, so first of all, a lot of what we do is, is to remind us of Yitziat Mitzrayim, right? Like, yeah. so much of what we do in the day is to remind us, right? We have an obligation to remember Yitziat Mitzrayim every day, twice a day, right? So we mentioned Yitziat Mitzrayim, what's the point? Right? I think quite obviously, right? Obviously, it was when we became a nation. So we literally, it was the first time we accepted God as our king. Kabbalat ol machut right? We, we were taken out of Egypt in order to be given the Torah, right? Which is, which is all of these mitzvot. But even the fact that we were, you know, that we were slaves, a slave can't choose to love God, right? A slave can't choose to make his life meaningful, through mitzvot, everything's chosen for him. He doesn't have that option, right? We talk about this on Pesach all the time, right? So what, we were, we were you know, released from paros in slavery to be slaves to God, but yes, that is the freedom, right? We have the ability to choose to be dedicated to God, whereas when we were slaves to paros, we didn't have the ability to choose that. We were slaves to paros, slave can't choose. Slave doesn't make these decisions for himself. Everything was, is decided for him. So as we remember Yitziat Mitzrayim, because that was the point in which God gave us the ability to be mikabel on our, ourselves, ol malchut shamayim. Right? That's when Hashem gave us the ability to accept his rule over us, to accept Torah and mitzvot, to do Torah and mitzvot. Right? Ani Hashem elokechem. And then we have the emet ve'yatsiv, which is the bracha that we say after, which again talks about Yitziat Mitzrayim. Right, we talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We talk about the miracles that were done in Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We praise God for those miracles, and again, that parallels this last paragraph of Shema, the purpose of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the function of doing mitzvot. Right, so we see that we have Kabbalat Ol Machut Kabbalat Ol Mitzvot, the mention of Tzitzit and Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which we have to remember every single day reflected in the brachot that we say both before and after Shema. And it's with this mindset that now once we accepted God as our ruler, once we accepted God as our king, and we accepted ourselves to do mitzvot, we remember where we came from and how we got here. Now we're ready to stand before God and pray the Amidah. So next week, we're going to get into the Amidah. So, so good.